So Daniel chapter 4 is where we'll start tonight in verse 1. Read a few verses and then if anybody has any questions or comments, you can always speak up. I, I don't always say that, but you can. You're, you're welcome to if you have a, a comment regarding this. So we'll start there in verse 1. It says, Nebuchadnezzar the king, unto all the people and nations and tongues that dwell on all the earth, peace be multiplied unto you. And I thought it good to show the signs and wonders that high, the high God hath wrought toward me. How great are the, his signs and how mighty are his wonders. His kingdom is an everlasting kingdom and his dominion is from generation to generation. I, Nebuchadnezzar, was at rest in mine house and flourishing in my palace. And I saw a dream which had made me afraid and the thoughts upon my bed and the visions of my head troubled me. Therefore made I a decree and brought in all the wise men of Babylon before me that they might make known unto me the interpretation of the dream. Then came in the magicians and the astrologers, the Chaldeans, the soothsayers, and I told them the dream before them, and they did not make known unto me the interpretation thereof. But at the last, Daniel came in before me, whose name is Belshazzar, according to the name of my God, and whom is the spirit of the holy gods, and before him I told him the dream, saying, O Belshazzar, master of the magicians, because I know that thy spirit of the holy gods is in thee, and no secret troubleth thee, tell me the visions of my dream that I have seen, and the interpretation thereof. Thus were the visions of mine head and my bed, and I saw, and behold, a tree in the midst of the earth, and the height thereof was great, and the tree grew and was strong, and the height thereof reached into the heavens, and the sight thereof to the end of the earth. The leaves thereof were of fair, and the fruit thereof much, and it was the meat for all. And beasts of the field had shadow under it, and the fowls of the air dwelt in its boughs thereof, and all the flesh was fed of it. Saw in the vision of my head upon my bed, and behold, a watcher and a holy one came down from heaven. And he cried aloud and said, Thus hew down the tree and cut off its branches, shake off its leaves, and scatter his fruit. Let the beasts get away from under it, and the fowls from under her branches. Nevertheless, leave the stump of its, of its roots in the earth, and even the band of iron and brass and its tender grass in the field. And let it be wet with the dew of the heaven, and let the portion be with the beast and the grass of the earth. Let his heart be changed for man's, and let the beast's heart be given unto him, and let seven times pass over him. This batter is to be uh, made by decree of the watchers and the demand of the word by the holy ones, the intent that, that the living may know the most highest ruler in the, in the kingdom of men and giveth it to whomsoever he will and setteth upon on it the basest of men. This dream I, Nebuchadnezzar, have seen. Now thou, O Belshazzar, declare the interpretation thereof, for as much as the wise men of the kingdom are not able to make it known unto the interpretation, but thou art able. For the spirit of the holy gods is in thee. And then Daniel, whose name was Belshazzar, was astonished for an hour, and his thoughts troubled him. And the king spake and said, Belshazzar, let not the dream and the interpretation thereof trouble thee. Belshazzar answered and said, My lord, the dream be to them that hate thee, the interpretation thereof to thine enemies. The tree that thou sawest, which grew and was strong, was the height which reached unto the heavens, and a sight thereof with all the earth, whose leaves were fair, and the fruit of whereof thereof was much, and it was meat for all, and under which the beasts of the field dwelt, and the branches of the fowls of the heaven had their habitation. 
It is thou, O king, that art grown and become strong, and thy greatness is grown, reacheth up to the heaven and thy dominion to the end of the earth. Whereas the king saw the watcher and the holy one coming down from heaven, saying to hew the tree down and destroy it. Yet leave the stump of the roots in the earth and even the band of iron and grass. In the tender grass of the field, let it be wet with the dew of heaven and let the portion be with the beast of the field till seven times pass over. This is the interpretation, O king, that this is the decree of the Most High, which has come upon my Lord the king. They shall drive thee from men and thy dwelling shall be with the beast of the field and thou shalt make thine to eat grass and the oxen and they shall wet the dew of be wet with the dew of heaven and seven times to pass over thee. Till thou knowest that the Most High ruleth the kingdom of man and give it to the, whomsoever he will. And whereas they commanded the, the leave of the stump of the root, tree's roots and the kingdom shall be sure upon thee after that thou shalt have known that the heavens do rule. Wherefore, O king, let mine counsel be acceptable unto thee and break off thy sins by righteousness and thy iniquities by show of mercy to the poor if it may be the lengthening of thy tranquility. All this came unto the king Nebuchadnezzar. So, Nebuchadnezzar, uh, of course, we see in these last couple chapters, we had the three, the three Hebrew men that were tossed in the fiery furnace because of their lack of regard for the king and his precepts. They wanted, they wanted him to fall down fall down and worship this idol that he had erected in the, on the plane there. So when he tossed them into the fire, what happened? They survived, and there was yet a fourth man walking around with them loosed. So, I mean, we mentioned a couple weeks ago that that was, uh, I believe that was Jesus in there, and that that was his protection. And after that, the, the protection, these men come out, and they were unharmed. Well, the people that had hauled them in were, of course, dead because the heat of the furnace was so hot. And then after that, what happened? And well, Nebuchadnezzar promoted him, obviously. He, he recognized that that was, that was the protection of the Most High God. Before that, we had Daniel, and he talked about the pulse and the preparation and how they were stronger with, uh, and, and strength than most of the men that ate the meat of the king's table. So it's no doubt that he's trying to declare the majesty of his work through them and prove to him that it is not it is not Nebuchadnezzar that's got himself in this position, but it's the Lord that put him there. So then here you have that this interpretation and, and these other magicians and things can't relay the interpretation there. Well, of course, we saw that in a previous chapter when he talked about the statue there. But also he goes on to tell him this interpret this dream and what, what it means. And I think it's interesting there that he didn't understand part of this that the tree was of course the likeness there was that of him he had reached his renown in the ends of the earth and his dominion but what is it that Nebuchadnezzar lacked even though he recognized that the God was the God of gods he didn't recognize what God was the only God and the Lord had given him an opportunity to turn his heart towards acknowledging that. And what does Daniel say through all of this? I find it interesting that the one thing he says towards the end of that interpretation there is that it says, 
Wherefore, O king, let my counsel be acceptable unto you, and break off thy sins by righteousness, and thine iniquities by show of mercy to the poor, if it may, may be by the lengthening of thy tranquility. He's trying to tell him, Lord, you, king, you need, you, need to, you need to straighten your life up. You need to re recognize that this is, the, this is the God most high. He's given you an opportunity to, to see this. But we know Nebuchadnezzar's choice there and how he is lifted up in pride. But the one thing I find interesting is that the interpretation of the tree was of the kingdom of Babylon and of the king. And there, once that tree was chopped down, it still the roots were still there. We know by reason of history that the Medo-Persian Empire, the Babylonians, they were all at one point, they were one kingdom. And after Nebuchadnezzar's fall as king, the kingdom of Babylon didn't stand very long, did it? The Medo-Persians took, took control, which we'll get to in the fifth chapter. But the interpretation was for Nebuchadnezzar to realize that they're, they're, even though he was high and lifted up, that that was all going to come to a crashing end. Why? Because his heart was lifted up in pride and then he was... He was arrogant. We know this typical of this is typical of royalty's attitude, that they are divine in nature, and that they have that that everyone is to of of sorts to to worship them. The only thing that I see closest to this is the the monarchy in Britain, because it's the most known rulership in all of the world at this present age. And where they feel like the, the queen is the divine pillar of, of the kingdom there. The Lord imbued this kingdom to her to rule and to, provas, uh, to, and to pass on the divine nature of God through her, which that's not, we know that's not the case according to scripture. The Lord puts these rulers in power to accomplish his purpose, and then what happens? When, when their time is fulfilled, another one takes their place. But not to dwell too much on that, but moving on here, as Daniel tells him the interpretation thereof, he's, he's, and in his humility, he says, Wherefore, O king, let thy counsel be accepted unto thee. It wasn't, it wasn't that he, he felt that his words were going to be greater or anything, but he... He didn't want to say anything that would that would that would uh, you know destroy the king's character, but he wanted him to understand that hey, if you'll do these things, and by reason your your reign will be established and lengthened. So let's move on down through verse twenty nine. There it says at the end of the twelve months he walked into the palace of the kingdom of Babylon, and the king spake, and he said, "Is it not this great Babylon?" that I have built for an house and a kingdom by the might of my power and for the honor of my majesty. There's his, num there's his number one problem right there. While the word was in the king's mouth, there fell a voice from heaven saying, O King Nebuchadnezzar, to thee it is spoken, the kingdom is departed from thee, and they shall drive thee from men, and thy dwelling shall be among the beasts of the field, and they shall make of thee to eat the grass of the oxen, and seven times shall pass over thee until thou knowest that the Most High ruleth in the kingdom of men and giveth it to whomsoever he will. So here we see the fulfillment of that prophecy that was mentioned in that dream. 
not anything, you know, grandiose about it, but you see there, he was lifted up. He says, the king, he says, the king spake, it is not this Babylon that I have built for a house and a kingdom by the might of my power and the honor of my majesty. Where was the, where was the honor and glory to God? There was none. He felt that he had accomplished all this by himself. Even after all the things that he had witnessed in those last few ch uh, chapters and accounts there that we read. So what happened? It said, the Lord, Lord declared this to him from heaven. He said there, what? He says, O King Nebuchadnezzar, to thee it is spoken, the kingdom is departed from thee. You have lost your seat at the table, buddy, because you didn't acknowledge me. And God obviously used Daniel here to speak those words there that he would counsel him to say, hey, you, you, need, to, you need to change these things. But you see in the space of that year that that didn't change. So then what happened? He began to dwell with the beast of the field after that. He says, and at the end of the days, I, Nebuchadnezzar, lifted up mine eyes into heaven, in verse 34, understanding and returned unto me, and I blessed, <clears throat> excuse me, I skipped a verse there, 33. The same hour was the thing fulfilled unto Nebuchadnezzar, and he is driven from men, and did eat the grass as oxen, and his body was wet with the dew of heaven, till his hairs were grown like eagle's feathers, and his nails like bird's claws. And at the end of the days, I, Nebuchadnezzar, lifted up mine eyes into heaven, and mine understanding returned unto me. And I blessed the Most High, and I praised and honored him that liveth forever, whose dominion is everlasting dominion, and his kingdom is from generation to generation. And all the inhabitants of the earth is reputed as nothing, and he doeth according to his will in the army of heaven and among the inhabitants of the earth. And none can stay his hand or say unto him, What doest thou? And at the same time, my reasoning returned unto me for the glory of my kingdom, mine honor and my brightness returned unto me and my counselors and my lords sought unto me and I was established in my kingdom and excellent majesty was added unto me. And now I, Nebuchadnezzar, praise and extol the honor of the king of heaven, all whose works are truth and his ways judgment and those that walk in pride he is able to abase. So, in the same instance that Nebuchadnezzar was lifted up thinking that he had done all these things, the Lord said, that's it. You're going you're, you're gonna to go and dwell with the beasts of the field. You're going to be under my subjection. He said, what, until he recognized that he was the king of all kings, that, his, that, that Nebuchadnezzar was under his subjection, as God. And his understanding was was removed from him. Well, then he comes back to this and he goes, okay, I get it now. And then what? He says, at the same time my reason was unto me, the glory of my kingdom, the honor and brightness returned unto me and my counselors and my Lord sought unto me. And I was established in my kingdom and excellent majesty was added unto me. Just for a minute, I went back and I thought about what a city would look like. His claws were as eagles and his hair were as feathers. 
I thought, man, who gets the last laugh in that? God does. We may fool ourselves with who is in charge and that we have control over our own lives, but that is not true. I believe the purpose and intent of this particular passage of Scripture was for us to understand that we we are just what we are. We are part of God's creation, and we are subject unto Him, and there is nothing that we can do that will set us apart and make us greater than God. Everything that we do that we're able to do is because God allows it so. Think about that in terms of where we are in this life. I wouldn't be here in Colorado if it wasn't for God moving me here and for the things that only He could cause to happen. The same thing with each one of you. There's no reason that each one of you in your life wouldn't be allowed to be here if it wasn't for the Lord working those things and allowing us to do them. Uh, pray it be for his honor and glory. He goes on there and he says, Now I, Nebuchadnezzar, praise and extol and honor the king of heaven and all whose works are truth and his judgment and those who walk in pride he is able to abase. We see this happen throughout time and throughout history. Different rulers who've set themselves up as emperors or kings or presidents that eventually, as time goes on, they lose their station in life, don't they? We know, according to the previous chapter there, previous chapters regarding the, the statue of gold and of bronze and of iron and of clay and brass there, that interpretation was regarding kingdoms. And each one of those subsequently ended, didn't they, over time? Part of it was because of the arrogance of man and the other part is because they accomplished the purpose that the Lord had established them to do. How many of those kingdoms across the earth that were around at this time are still around today? None of them are. If they are, they're a former shell of what they were. So, he says they're those that walk in pride, he is able to abase. Most of those that are lifted up in pride, they're, they're not standing anymore. What's, that, what's the purpose and what's the intent for us is to realize that humility is the, is the way that we are meant to be humble because our God is greater than us and is able to lift us up and to put us down. Scripture testifies to that as well. Let's continue on there into chapter 5. It says, Belshazzar the king made a great feast to the thousands of his lords and drank wine before the house, before thousands. And Belshazzar, while he's tasted the wine, commanded them to bring the golden and silver vessels from his father Nebuchadnezzar and take out of the temple that which was in Jerusalem, that the king, his, his princes, his wives, his concubines might drink therein. Then they brought the golden vessels that were taken out of the temple in the house of God, which were at Jerusalem. And the king and his princes and wives and concubines drank in them. They drank wine and praised the gods of gold and of silver, of brass and of iron, of wood and of stone. And in the same hour it came both fingers of man's hand and wrote over against the candle, uh, candlestick upon the placer of the wall of the king's palace. And the king saw a part of the hand that wrote. 
And then the king's countenance was changed, and his thoughts troubled him, so that the joints of his loins were loosed, and his knees smote one against another. There's a comical look there almost. And the king cried aloud, bringing in the astrologers, the Chaldeans, the soothsayers. And the king spake unto the wise men of Babylon, Whosoever shall read this writing, and show unto me the interpretation thereof, shall be clothed with scarlet, and have a chain of gold about his neck, and shall be the third ruler in the kingdom. Then came the king's wise men, but they could not read the writing, nor make known the king's interpretation thereof. And then was King Belshazzar greatly troubled, that his countenance was changed in him, and his lords were astonished. Now the queen, by reasoning of the words of the king and his lords, came into the banquet house, and the queen spake and said, O king, live forever. Let not thy thoughts be troubled thee, nor let thy countenance be changed. There is a man in thy kingdom, in whom whose spirit of the holy gods in the days of thy father light the understanding, light and understanding and wisdom like the wisdom of the gods, was found in him, whom the king Nebuchadnezzar, thy father the king, I say thy father, made master of magicians, astrologers, Chaldeans, and soothsayers. For as much as excellent spirit and knowledge and understanding, interpretation of dreams, and the showing of hard sentences and the dissolving of doubts were found in the same Daniel, whom the king named Belshazzar. Now let Daniel be called, and he will shew the interpretation. So up to this point, we see they're ending in a banquet hall, and of course you see this handwriting on the wall, and the king can't interpret it, and neither can his his attendants, and they're troubled. They're like, I don't know what to do. And it says the, I still think that that's kind of a comical scene there that the, it says the king's joints and his loins were loosed and his knees smoked together. I think about, you know, sometimes in a cartoon you'll see that where they're just so scared and they're shaking all over. But you get the point. It He was afraid for his own life. He didn't know what was about to happen. So in his own mind, he says, okay, I'm going to call these wise men that I know, and I'm going to have them come, and they're going to show me what it is. Well, of course, as they did that, then he became more concerned, and his countenance became worse. And then you see the last person that comes in was the queen. And she's like, don't be afraid. There's somebody in the kingdom that can do this. He helped your father. Of course, I'm probably oversimplifying the, the, the scenario here, but but it seems that that was the case. She had heard of Daniel's greatness. And then here, he, then here comes Daniel on, on the scene to, to provide an interpretation thereof. It says, Then Daniel was brought in before the king in verse 13, and the king spake and said unto Daniel, Art thou the, that David which art the child of the captivity of Judah, whom the king my father brought out from Jewry? And I have heard of thee in thy spirit of the gods, and thee in the light, under, un, light and understanding and excellent wisdom is found in thee. And now the wise men and the astrologers have brought, and before me they should read the writing and make known to me the interpretation thereof. But they could not show the interpretation of the thing. And I have heard of thee in thy house, thou canst make an interpretation, dissolve doubts. And now if thou canst read the writing and make known unto me the interpretation thereof. Thou shalt be clothed with scarlet and have a chain of gold about your neck and shalt be the third ruler in the kingdom. And Daniel's response was this. He said before the king, Let thy gifts be to thyself and give the reward to another. Yet I will read the writing upon uh, unto the king and make known the interpretation 
O thou king, the most high God, gave Nebuchadnezzar thy father a kingdom and majesty and glory and honor. And for the majesty that gave him all peoples and nations and languages, trembled and feared before him, whom he was, would, be, would he slew and whom would he keep alive and whom would he set up and whom would he put down. But when his heart was lifted up and his mind hardened in pride, he was deposed from his kingly throne and they took his glory from him. And he was driven from the sons of men, and his heart was made like unto a beast, and his dwellings was with the wild asses, and often fed with grass like oxen. And his body was wet with dew of the heaven, till he knew the Most High God ruled the kingdom of men, and that he appointeth over it whomsoever he will. And though his son Belshazzar hast not humbled thine heart, thou, thou knowest all this, but hast lifted thyself against the Lord of heaven, and have brought the vessels of his house before thee, and now that thy lords, thy wives, thy concubines have drank wine of them, and thou hast praised the gods of silver, gold, brass, iron, wood, and stone, which see not, nor hear, nor know. And the God in whose hand thy breath is, and whose are all thy ways, hast thou not glorified. Then this was the part of the writing, and this is writing was written, and this is the writing that was written, mean, meany, Tekel Eupharson. This is the interpretation of the thing. Many, God hath numbered thy kingdom and hath finished it. Tekel, thou art weighed in the balances and art found wanting. Therese, thy kingdom is divided and given unto the Medes and the Persians. Then commanded Belshazzar that they clothed Daniel with scarlet and put a chain of gold around his neck and made the proclamation concerning him that he should be the third ruler in the kingdom. And in that night, Belshazzar, the king of the Chaldeans, was slain, and Darius the Median took the kingdom, being threescore and two years old. That's a pretty quick deposition there, isn't it? He had a right to be scared. He had a right to be scared. What, what, was the, what do you see was the important point of this? He was lifted up in pride again, just like his father before him. And his father was given an opportunity, but because of uh, his his uh, arrogance before the Lord and taking the things that he was not to take from the Lord's temple and using them for his own benefit and the benefit of his household, did what? It provided the means for his downfall because he was lifted up against God. He obviously knew what had happened in his father's life but yet he chose not to heed it. This is something that's just kind of astonishing to me. It shows you just how quickly from generation to generation things can change. And it also shows that how quickly, how quickly the Lord can make things go from, go from good to bad for these people that don't recognize who he is. One of the things that always gets to me is like you said brother tony he had a reason to be scared but the point at when he was scared it was too late so that ought to show you that we ought to have a little more reverence and and and, and regard for god and who he is and who we are in in the scheme of things the interpretation was quite a simple one although he didn't understand it until Daniel was able to interpret it. But he said there, the words, these words are used quite a bit 
in the world today, how, how be it they are misinterpreted. But he says, thou art weighed in the balances and found wanting. So the Lord measured him. He, he judged him and he found what? He was lacking what was needed to, in service to him. He was lifted up and placing himself in a, in a position of honor that he did not deserve. That sound familiar? Uh, I think we read read over in the New Testament and the Gospel regarding some things that the Pharisees and the Sadducees did, placing themselves in the honor seats. And what, what did Jesus teach them? He says, you put yourselves in the seats of honor, he says, when you should take the lesser seat so you can be invited up. What was he talking about? Humility. He said humility was the one of the important important things that being on this earth and serving the Lord was to have, but we see what they served here. They served what? He says they praised the gods of what? Gold, silver, brass, iron, wood, stone, which see not nor hear nor know. So they, they, they served the wrong thing. Even despite having prior knowledge that God existed through the example that Nebuchadnezzar held and Daniel and the and the three other men there. And he goes on there, he says, Thou art he says that thy kingdom is divided and given to the Medes and Persians. So there we see the fulfillment of the previous vision that the tree was cut down and the roots were left. And guess what? The Lord was accomplishing what he was going to do to, to move further towards the coming of, of the Messiah. He says, Thy kingdom is divided and given to the Medes and Persians. It wasn't that they were more deserving. It was that they were going to accomplish a means into an end. And then he goes on and he says, the key, he, then he goes on and he closed Daniel and he does this. Well, Daniel told him he didn't want any of that. That wasn't important. But he still did it. And guess what? At the end of the night, his life was gone. So the great significance of this passage of Scripture is for our, for our teaching and our example is that we need to be careful of our pride, also careful of what we do in this life because we will be appraised for what we do in this life course we know this was the period in time of the captivity of the jewish people who were carried away into captivity for their disobedience and for their lack of regard for god so why do you think it'd be any different if these kings of the nations would be put in the same position it was honest obviously for the honor and glory of god and it was also so they would see that the lord god is the one that places these men in power and takes them down So, a lot of things to consider there in the book of Daniel as we read through it. And you see that one of the things that he, he seems to perpetuate there is this pride being lifted up. And then you see, in conjunction, Daniel and Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and their, and their humility and their desire to seek the counsel of God. 
kind of gives a good uh, gives a parallel there of what what happens in life when you when we don't place our trust in the Lord. <clears throat> Any questions or comments? I think I've just about made the length of time, so about 32 minutes. So we don't have any more questions or comments and we'll all stand to be dismissed.